Father, we thank you for everything that you are. Um, you're so different than us. You are holy, righteous, good, true, faithful. And on our own, we are not those things. But we want to be made more into your image. We want to become more like your son, Jesus, who is the embodiment of your character. We thank you that you forgive us, sinners who are deserving of your wrath and eternal separation from you, but because of what Christ has done on our behalf, trading places with us, we are now forever in a position of peace and love with you. We want to become more like you, the God who gives of himself to restore sinners to himself. And so we pray this morning that even as we look at a little a bit of your word, that you would change us and conform us into your image, that you would give us a deep hope in who Jesus is and what he's done for us, and that you might help us to cultivate new things in our life in 2018. And all God's people said, amen. amen. So you've got a little form there on the front. It has the lyrics. On the back, it has some scripture. And we're just going to look at that scripture as we start a new series today called Cultivate. Called Cultivate. Cultivate means to prepare or work at something in order to see it bear fruit. So you dig in the ground, you plant some seeds, you water it, you give it sun, and then eventually, after you've cultivated it, it will bear fruit. And even, as, it's fine, I'm not distracted if you're not, so it's okay. Um, you know, even as you look around at Arts Park, this place has been cultivated over years and years and years in order that we might be able to enjoy it right now, right? I didn't live here 10, 15 years ago, but I heard 10, 15 years ago, Arts Park needed some work. It needed some cultivation, and the city came in and redid a lot of it, and now it's something beautiful. If they had just left it the way it was, it would have stayed the way it was, but they came in and they decided to plant trees and do sidewalks and plant flowers, and I mean, it's beautiful, right? It's amazing. It's amazing. As we go through the sermon series, Cultivate, over the next few weeks, I want you to have that in your mind, that idea of cultivating working at something in order to see a result or in order to see something bear fruit uh, because our culture doesn't really work towards cultivation our culture is geared towards consumerism consumerism and a consumer is just one who uses stuff they don't make culture they just take culture they just take things as they are uh, a consumer you have the picture of someone who just like eats you know it's like it's like uh, Black Friday when the doors open at Walmart at 5 a.m. and everyone's just like Rah! it tramples everybody there's no sense of like making something it's only just taking something and so as we go through this idea of cultivating I want you to think about it in opposition to consuming in opposition to consuming because our culture is a culture of consuming not cultivating and it's not just shopping that we consume. We can consume social media. We can consume sports. We can consume experiences. We can consume advertisements. Um, but the result of that, the fruit that that bears, is actually quite negative. A psychiatrist named Juliet Shore wrote a book called Born to Buy on the commercialized child and the new consumer culture. And she said that the consumer culture actually produces anxiety and depression in kids and the danger for us not just our children but if we buy into that consumer idea of 
just taking culture rather than making culture is that I think we ourselves will end up in a place of anxiety and depression because we're always wanting more. I just need the next thing. I just need it. I need it. I need it. And if we fall into that mindset, it actually is really detrimental to our relationship with God because then we approach God as consumers. Someone wrote about a term called moral therapeutic deism, and it's the way that consumers approach God. Moral therapeutic deism says, if I'm a nice person, then God will try and make me happy, but I don't want him to be too involved in my life. If I'm a good person, then God will try and make me happy, but he's not going to be too involved with my life. But that's not who God is, and that's not his purposes, especially in Jesus. And so we have to be careful in terms of consumerism. We have to lean into cultivation. And this first talk I want to give is on cultivating renewal in your life in 2018. Cultivating renewal in your life in 2018. That first verse there, Revelation 21.5 says, Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. Some translations say, Look, I am making all things new. You know, as we turn the corner tonight in the 2018, you are going to be thinking about some new things, right? Some changes that you wanted to make. We talked a little bit about some changes the Kings want to make in the new year and some of some other things that you want to do. And, and I hope that you will pray for some breakthroughs in your life. You know, you want things to change. You want new situations. You're in a hard spot and you want the Lord to open a door in order that you can step into that next stage of life. But let me sum it up for you. In 2018, you are going to have good changes and hard challenges. The new things that you're going to get in 2018, you're going to have good changes and you're going to have hard challenges just like you did in 2017. We've already seen that in the past like two days in our home. Uh, Our couch that we bought at Ikea is broken. And some of you, when you've come over to the house and you've sat on that left side of the couch, you know the arm rest kind of bends a little bit? Well, over the weekend, we decided we're going to fix that. So we took it apart, and then we realized we can't fix it. Let's just take it back to Ikea. So we took the whole family to Ikea. And by the way, if, uh, if you want to test your relationship with your spouse, try to go buy something at Ikea. We actually did okay. We did, we did really well. Our kids were all over the place. They were jumping on couches. We lost a couple of them for a little while. But, but we went to Ikea with this couch. And because it was under warranty, they gave us a brand new couch. Uh, we got a better couch, actually. We only had to spend just a little bit of money. So we had a good thing. We had a new thing. You can come over to our house. And not tonight at midnight. Go do your own thing at midnight. But you can come over to our house, and you can sit on our new couch. It's a good change. Cool. All right, we got a new couch. But we're also going to have some difficult challenges. Uh, a couple days ago, we put my two-year-old down to sleep in her crib. And then not even three minutes later, we heard the door of her room rattle as if someone from the inside was trying to open it. And so we opened the door, and there's my two-year-old, not in her crib, but sitting in a chair eating a cracker just like she is right now (laughs) and my mind clicked and I thought this is going to be a new challenge we have a child that will not stay in her crib I want to sleep I don't want to be chasing a child around in the middle of the night 
good things with a new couch, but new challenges. That's what you're going to get in terms of new things. But that's why God, in this passage in Revelation 21, doesn't say, doesn't say all new things. He says all things new. Not all new things, but all things new. All things new has to do with you changing in your circumstances rather than your circumstances changing. Things might change for you in, in 2018, but God is more concerned with you changing in the midst of that circumstance. Changing you in the midst of that circumstance. You might want a new breakthrough from God, and I would encourage you to pray for that. At the same time, God wants to break through in your life in new ways. He wants to change you and cultivate renewal, not just in your circumstances, but in your heart, in your soul, and who he's making you to be. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, this is a famous verse that Paul writes, and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Because of what Jesus has done on our behalf, God is making us into a new type of people. God is making us into a people that are renewed. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. As God changes us, as we come to deeper understanding of who he is, as we understand his love for us in Jesus Christ, we are being changed from the inside out. See, it's not necessarily that your circumstances will change, although I hope they do, and you should pray for that. God's deeper concern is to change you in the midst of your circumstances. It's that he wants to bring renewal in your life. How do you do that? How do you join with God so that as he wants to bring re renewal in your life, you're actually cultivating it? You're working with him. You're participating with him in order to see the fruit of renewal. Well, there's two simple things. One is practice repentance, and the second is practice belief or practice faith. Practice repentance and practice faith. The first time I heard the word repentance was on the college campus of Auburn University, and I was uh, on an area much like this, and as I was walking from class to class, there was a street preacher who was standing on a chair and screaming angrily the word repent. And he was yelling about uh, he was yelling at people for wearing immodest clothing and yelling at people for smoking cigarettes. And at that point in my life, I had a really bad taste in my mouth about the word repent. Because he just seemed angry. And I didn't like that. I, 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 didn't, I didn't like that. And then the reality is what he was calling people to repent of was just way too shallow. Was way too shallow. His religion is don't drink or smoke or chew or run around with boys and girls who do. And that's not Christianity. Christianity calls us to repentance, but it's much deeper, and it's much more joyful. Repentance is a change of mind, a change of heart, and a change of direction. It's a change of mind in that you begin to see your sin as God sees it. So when God calls something sin, you say, I'm not going to fight that anymore. I'm going to evaluate it from God's perspective. If God says talking about someone behind their back is sin, then I need to evaluate it as sin. You have a change of mind so that you agree with God on what he calls as sin. But then you also have a change of heart. As you begin to see that 
your sin uh, is a violation of God's law, you allow it to grieve you. You actually allow it to affect your emotions. And you say, God is not happy with this sin. I'm going to allow myself to not be happy with my sin. You have a change of heart towards it. You ask God to help you hate it rather than love it. You ask God to change your perspective so that when you see it, and when you see it in your life, you go, I don't want that in my life anymore. My wife and I had a good conversation this week, and she, she was, uh, we were talking about some things in my life, and we were talking about some things that I need to change, and, and uh, everyone's going, oh, what, what is it? What is it, Pastor? I'm not going to tell you, but, you know, I'm a sinner just like you. I got things I got to change. And uh, it was funny, as we talked about it one time and then talked about it another time, and the second time I talked about it, I saw it more clearly. And not only did I have a change of mind about it, but a change of heart. Like I saw the sinfulness of my sin. Does that make sense? I saw that it wasn't just like I had done something wrong, but, but patterns in my life can produce things that are harmful. And that's what a change of heart is. You go, I don't want this anymore. And what that change of mind and change of heart leads to is a change of direction. So you don't just say, I'm going to change my perspective, I'm going to change how I feel. You actually turn away from that behavior. You turn away from that attitude. You turn away from your sin. And when you first became a Christian, you made a big turn. You made a major U-turn from going on your way of life to then turning on God's way of life. That's what Mark 1, 14 and 15 is about. Jesus starts preaching and proclaiming the good news of God, and he says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent is that turn. And so when you became a Christian, or if you're thinking about becoming a Christian, you have a big decision to make. Am I going to follow my path, or am I going to make a major turn and say, I need to follow God's path? But then as you live your Christian life, there is a daily turning. There is a daily turning and repenting from attitudes and actions that are not pleasing to God. And I guarantee you, in the next hour, one of those will come up, okay? You'll have an attitude or an action or a thought pattern, and, and, and it won't be pleasing to God. And so part of our life as Christians is simply repenting every day, asking God, what in me is unpleasing to you? What can I turn away from? in order to follow who you are and turn away from my own sin. And so repentance is not just a one-time thing, it is an everyday thing for the Christian. Matthew 3.8 says, produce fruit consistent with repentance. In other words, if you're cultivating repentance in your life, you're turning away every day from yourself and turning to God, you'll see things begin to change. Now that doesn't mean that you won't go back to that sin at times. We're sinners, and we go back, and we do the same things over. But that is why we need to repent all the time. And repentance can really be a joyous thing, because as we turn, we find that we're not just turning away from sin, we're turning to God, who loves us, who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us, who has done everything that we need to be fully accepted by God. His love does not waver for us. Our status was de does not change because Christ has died for our sins and has secured our position with God. And so let me ask you, what sin are you going to turn away from in 2018? 
maybe that would even be a dialogue that you could have with each other. Now you go, wait a minute, wait, you want me to ask someone else what sin they're going to turn away from in 2018? That's, that's crazy, John. That's crazy talk. But Christianity is kind of crazy because your sin no longer defines you. In other words, the shame that you feel over your sin is not your identity. So you don't have to live in the shame of your sin because that's not who you really are. Your sin has been paid for. And so the fear that you feel over coming... The, sin, the, the fear that you feel over admitting your sin is really not from God. We'll let her, we'll let her finish. One more. Get it, Abby. Just let her do it. She can do it. You want to get it, Abby? Pop it. like I got the attention now I'm going to draw this out as long as possible <laughs> all right so um, the idea that exposing your sin and repenting should be a thing of shame and fear is not biblical someone on your sheet read what Isaiah 30 15 says if you got a loud voice just read it stand up and read Isaiah 30 15 this is a verse about repentance So that word returning is synonymous with repentance. That means repentance. So your deliverance or your salvation comes as you return to God. And in your returning, you'll find rest and strength. Repentance is a joyous thing for the Christian because as you're turning away from your sin, you find that God meets you right there. And rather than shaming you, rather than exposing you, you find that your sin is paid for. Repentance equals rest and strength as you are quietly confident in God. So if you want to cultivate renewal in your life in 2018, practice repentance. Practice repentance. You might even find that your love of Jesus grows as you look more honestly at your sin. But also cultivate and practice faith or belief. Believe the good news of Jesus. As I said earlier, in Jesus, God has accomplished everything you need for a full life in him, for secure life of salvation and believing the promises of God. What that means is you don't need more stuff in 2018. What you do need is a deeper understanding of what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. The good news is that Jesus came born of a virgin, what we just celebrated at Christmas, he lived a sinless life. He loved perfectly. He obeyed God at every turn. He obeyed God at, with every command. And yet he went to the cross as a criminal to fully pay for the sins that you and I committed. To take the wrath of God on himself that you and I deserve. He died as a criminal and was put in a tomb. But he did not stay in that tomb. Three days later, he rose again from the dead. And then he ascended into heaven to the right hand of God the Father. And when he ascended into heaven, if you're united with him, your position with God is secure because your representative is at the right hand of God right now. 
That is the good news that you are totally accepted by God because of what Jesus has done. But it doesn't stop there. God actually provides what you need for daily renewal in 2018 when Jesus Christ sent the Spirit into, into your hearts. When Jesus ascended up to the throne, he sent the Holy Spirit down into his followers, and that was the beginning of a worldwide renewal movement. That was the beginning of God making all things new, starting with you and I in our hearts to change us. So look, even as I talked about repentance, if you felt conviction over a sin, that means that you are being renewed. God is actually working in your heart that you might see sin as he sees it. That's a good thing. It's a good thing that if you feel conviction over a sin that you practiced in 2017, that means God's spirit is within you renewing you right now. That's the good news that Jesus Christ has come, lived, died, rose, ascended, and sent the Holy Spirit. So let me encourage you, practice not only repentance in 2018, but practice belief in who Jesus is and what he has done. Daily remember that he has died for your sin and he has risen for, in righteousness and he has ascended to the throne and one day he will come back. And as you cultivate that belief, as you remind yourself of who he is and what he's done, you'll find that your confidence in him, your hope in him will grow. You'll find renewal. You'll find that you're, you're stronger in him. Remind yourself that God is committed to make you into the image of Christ. Remind yourself and actively trust. Actively believe in Jesus and what he's done for you. Let him become your identity. Let him become your hope. Let his story become your story. And as you practice that daily, reminding yourself of who he is, you will find yourself cultivating renewal in your own life. As you cultivate renewal through practicing repentance and faith, it will change you. It will change you in 2018. God is committed to change you. Paul says in Philippians 1, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So let me just say this. Maybe 2017 was a disaster for you. Maybe you made some awful, immoral, sinful choices in 2017. That does not have to define 2018 because of what Jesus has done for you. Every day is a new opportunity to repent, and every, t every day is a new opportunity to embrace what Christ has done on your behalf. It never runs out. It never gets old. God never gets tired of you being a complete disaster. And that is your hope in 2018. And as you cultivate that renewal in your life, you'll find that it spreads. It spreads beyond your heart, into your thinking, into your actions, and it bleeds out into the relationships that you're involved in, into the neighbors that you know, and the, the people that you work with. And you begin to see that the renewal is not just about what's happening in your own life, but God is actually using that to spread the gospel, to spread the good news, to shine a light in dark places, to cultivate renewal, not just in you, but in our city, 
Can you imagine what would happen if each of us took that, just this, these two things seriously? Let's practice repentance and let's practice faith. What, what would happen? What would hap- might happen in our own church that might spill out and overflow into the streets of Hollywood and Allendale and into our places of work and into our relationships that we have with people? What if we weren't afraid anymore when we saw our sin? We, we didn't like it, but we were open about it because we knew that we could repent and believe. We could turn away from it. We wouldn't live in fear and shame anymore, but we'd live confidently in the love of God. My hope for you in 2018 is that you will cultivate renewal in your life. We're going to be talking about cultivating over the next few weeks, and I am um, encourage you to come. We meet Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at O.B. Johnson Park, and uh, just over on Pembroke Road, and we'll be continuing the series there. But I'm just going to ask that we end this way. Take a moment now silently and just confess your sin to God. Ask that he'd help you see it as he sees it, turn away from it, and fully rest and trust in what Jesus has done for you. Could you take a moment just silently to to do that? Father, thank you for sending the Son. Jesus, thank you for sending the Spirit. We confess that at the bottom of all of our sin is the deep sin of unbelief. We we believe in you, Jesus, yet functionally on a daily level, we rely on ourselves. We look to other things to fill the holes in our soul and the holes in our heart. Uh, We let little things slide in our life rather than than seeing them as sin. And, And we confess, Lord, we need renewal. We need to be changed. But the good news is that you are committed to make us into the image of Jesus Christ. And so we rest fully again on what you are doing in our lives rather than our failures from the previous year. And I pray for each and every person here, Lord, that they might experience spiritual renewal in 2018 as they turn away from their own path and turn to the God who deeply loves them has paid for all of their sins through Jesus Christ and has secured a future with him. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We ask that you would use our church in ways that we could not imagine in the new year and that you would change us all deeply in the midst of doing that. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you again for coming. I'm going to just ask us to stand and sing the doxology together. That's the song that goes, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And then, uh, and then a quick announcement, and um, and then we can hang out. We can do whatever. My voice is not great, so y'all got to come in right away. All right. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him.